this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 140 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And this one is about the art. It's going to be We're going to be looking at another article and this one's from the Imagine FX magazine from issue number 65 from January 2011. And we're going to be looking at an article called The A to Z of Sci-Fi Art, which is amazing. It's such a massive article that it's going to be split up into two parts. So this is going to be part one, looking at A to M. And then next week will be part two, looking at N to Z. So, it's well, this is amazing. I'm really excited for this one. Actually, can't wait to get into it. And little Dennis is excited as well. And actually wearing me little N7 dress, <laughs> which is Mass Effect. A little dress from Mass Effect. Because I was thinking, when I started this article, I started thinking about fantasy art and sci-fi art. And I, at first I thought, I'm not really into sci-fi. And then I started realising I love sci-fi. It's just I think I love fantasy a bit more. But like this article is so brilliant. I can't wait to get into it. And what I'll do is, if you're watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash sophie lawson i put the camera up above the desk and you'll be able to look through the article with me as we go through it but that'll be in a minute he knocking the letters over here but well it's actually christmas month as well which is exciting because i love christmas if the thing with christmas is it's exciting yeah <laughs> we like exciting but oh also we've got to look at the little mole Little, name the little moly. So we'll do that at the end. So at the end of the article, we'll look at we'll name the little moly. But let's get into this one. Kitty, the kitty, little kitty's here with us as well. I don't know what's happened to Kitty. She's been very quiet lately. She hasn't she hasn't really been been up to anything. But little kitty kisses means it is time for action. <coughs> Doing <laughs> little Dennis. Let's let's get into this one. Let's get into this. It's the A to Z of what do you call it? <laughs> so let's get into this one then. It's issue 65 of the Imagine FX magazine. And firstly, it's got a really striking cover. It's lilacs and pinks. It's a, it's, it's a very... Well, it's a weird one actually, because the character isn't my favourite, but the cover is brilliant. And it's, a, it's very much of a sci-fi cover, like a futuristic lady. But this article is, well, this is a beast of an article. It is, how many pages is it? I think it's something like 20 odd pages. Yeah, it is. It's, it's 20 pages long. So it's massive. And it's what it is. It's the A to Z of sci-fi art. And it says, learn the techniques that leading sci-fi artists use and make your work look out of this world. So I've taken loads of notes for this one. And, well, this part here, we're going to be looking at A to M. So what I thought I'd do is I'd start out talking about some of the takeaways from the article. And then I'll go through each of the letters and just talk a little bit about each one. So firstly, what have we got here? Well, yeah, I've said this article is a beast. But my main takeaways from it... Is it's a beautiful looking article or art article. <laughs> I like that little art article. It's got nice pastely colours to it, but it's 
but it's got like a futuristic font they've used like a font it reminds me very much of the font from the video game wipeout or something so it's little details like that that i like and also all over the article is this it's like a carbon fiber texture all throughout the article so little things like that it's a very beautiful like put together article i thought and what was it here oh yeah they use what they do is for the letters the a to z letters they've got them inside of like a futuristic dial so it's it's very little this article you can tell has been put together with a lot of love which i think is quite cool but the takeaways from the letters a to m what i've got is i've got it's a mix of traditional and digital and it says here well one of the things they say in the intro is sci-fi isn't new it's as old as imagination itself so what that means is it got me thinking in the old ancient past they would have been they would have been creating sci-fi art themselves which would have been like past stuff to us which i thought was quite cool because what it means is one day in the future we'll be looking back at us what we were doing now thinking well because we, we think stuff's going to be like sci-fi but it, it might not be anything like what you think but what we're here is i like how each letter is a different artist so what they did was each letter represents something from sci-fi like the letter a is alien and letter b is bridge from the, the bridge from star trek letter c is cyborg but what they do is each each letter is taken over by a different artist which i thought was brilliant because what happens is you get what that means is each each letter has its own art style but also each letter is the the piece of that article is is different because each artist is different so some of them are very much like walking through the process of creating it some of them are like the story behind the art piece some of them they're just talking about the actual letter like the laser guns the letter l is laser guns and on that one what they do is they just talk about the history of laser guns so what i liked was for me this is one of the funnest articles i've looked at so far because i think like i said each each thing feels like its own separate article within the bigger article it's cool and then i've got this article is a beast i've said that again it just it kept striking me how much of a, a brilliant article this is i've put inspiration and informative again like it's inspirational because you're getting different pieces of artwork it's informative because there's so much stuff i've got from this amazing not just technically how to do things but the sort of psychology behind things like how you place things the composition and stuff there's lots of stuff in this so many different art styles i said make it up oh this is something that kept coming towards me it's the importance of getting a balance between using your imagination but keeping it real so sci-fi is very it's very much impossible but it has to remain possible which is it's, it's this really nice sort of juxtaposition i suppose of different things 
I've put here less is more. That was something that kept coming up. I've put here big name artists. This article is full of artists. We'll look at them in a minute. Some of them have worked on stuff like... Well, one of my favourite TV shows is Battlestar Galactica. I love that. One of the artists in here has actually worked on Battlestar Galactica. Some of them have worked on video games. It's quite amazing. So we've got like you've got a mix of like big named artists and then little freelance artists as well, which is cool. It, this article is just full of lots of different different things. I said never know when something will come in handy. Oh, that's brilliant. A lot of the times through this, people were using photographs as reference, but they were photographs that they had taken years ago for something completely different. So what I thought was, all these times, say you're going down into the woods taking photos of things just for fun, in a few years' time you might do an art piece, a painting or something, and all of a sudden that paint, that photo you took will be the perfect photo for reference. So I like that. It made me feel like nothing is ever wasted. Yeah, everything you're doing is always... It will come in handy in the end. I've put it here, play, play with a sense of scale. Yeah, that's another thing as well. Because with sci-fi, it's, it's all epic. But the only way you can make something epic... Well, I'll talk about it in a minute. There's little tips on how you can make things look epic. Which is quite cool. Oh, I like this as well. Always thinking about the viewer. That was amazing. The amount of these artists who were saying, as I'm putting this together, I'm thinking, what is the what is the viewer going to be thinking? And they're, they're putting things in there so that when we're looking at it, it's like they're controlling what we're doing as we're looking at the art piece. So what I liked about this was, it was very interesting to see because what you do is you look at the you look at the painting before you do anything, and you move around. And then when you start reading, it will say something like, "I made this part of the painting darker because I knew this would happen." And you think to yourself, "That's true," because when I was looking at it, that's actually what happened. So it's almost like, again, I've talked about this in other articles. It's like this: there's a psychology behind painting. Yeah. There is a psychology to it, which is quite cool. Another thing here, keeping it simple. That was something that kept coming up as well. The amount of times these artists said, I could have put more detail here, but there was no need. Yeah, so it's that thing of knowing when... Well, what did I... I said somewhere. It's like the, you have to know what not to put in just as much as you need to know what to put in. Put, keeping it simple. Yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, this was another thing as well. The amount of artists that were reusing assets. So what they would do is they would they would do a little, they'd spend say ten minutes creating something, or half an hour, but then they could reuse that thing over and over again. Like say if you wanted to create a scene of characters, you only really have to do one character, and then you can just start manipulating the other ones. Like it's little tips like how to sort of save time, I suppose. And then here, keeping it simple, less detail. I've put, oh, yeah, this was quite interesting. I love characters. For me, characters is what it's all about. I love characters. But this article has hardly got any characters in it. It's more about like spaceships and stuff. So it's got hardly any characters, yet it's one of my most funnest articles so far. So it sort of made me think, well, 
it's not just about the characters then. There is more to it than the characters for me. I suppose what happens is every time you're looking at things, you're sort of realising that it's not as simple as you think. It's not as simple as I like characters and nothing else. There's there's lo- lots of stuff you like. It's quite cool. What have I put here? Yeah, I like this bit. Big is only big next to something small. That goes into that thing about how to create a sense of scale. And again, this goes into things I talked about in the, in the past episodes about like when you look at your hand, the, the negative spaces, the, without the negative spaces, the hand doesn't exist. So everything's linked together. But again, it's, it's that thing of if you've got, say, a planet, if you've got nothing, if you've got a little tiny planet next to it, all of a sudden that big planet looks big. But it only looks big because of the little one. Because if then if you introduced a massive one next to these this big one, all of a sudden that big one is now going to look little. <laughs> it's quite cool that. So it shows you how everything's related to each other. It sort of reminded me of the negative spaces thing. It's like everything's linked to everything. And I've also put here, everything has a story. So that was my main takeaways from the letters A to M. Because everything has a story. What I realised was, even when you're putting a spaceship together, it's still got to have a story. It's amazing. So I'll talk about this in a minute. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the first one. So, well, actually, let's have a look at what the letters are. Let's see if you can guess what these letters are going to be. So for the letter A, we've got alien. For the letter B, we've got bridge like the bridge from the command centre from Star Trek. For the letter C, we've got a cyborg. For the letter D, we've got dropship. For the letter E, we've got escape pod. For the letter F, we've got flying saucers. For the letter G, we've got gi- gigantic spaceship. <laughs> That's quite funny, though. I thought that was a bit of a... That was a bit of a sort of... What do you call it? You know... It's almost like they couldn't think of another G. <laughs> so they put gi- gigantic spaceship. For the letter H, holograms. For the letter I, immortal. For the letter J, junkyards. For the letter K, known universe. For the letter A, for the letter L, laser guns. And then the final one for this, this week, the letter M is mech army. It's cool. So what have I put it? Oh, also, yeah, I said here, I prefer fantasy over sci-fi. But then when I thought about it, one of my all-time favourite video game series is actually Mass Effect, which is the dress that I'm wearing today, the N7 dress. I love Mass Effect. Mass Effect was this video game where you were in space, but you could it felt like you could go and explore the, the planets and everything. And that's what I love about sci-fi. And it's the fact that you're you're exploring the unknown. That's what I like about sci-fi. What I like about fantasy is, it's for me, fantasy is a lot more imaginative. Because you don't have to be real with that. You can go completely crazy. And fantasy always seems to be more about the characters. Sci-fi seems to be more about the, like the materials and planets, spaceships and stuff. So I've put it here, I prefer organic, like nature, over robotic. But then I thought to myself, I've always had a feeling that the ancients 
the like in the distant past, like thousands of years ago, I have a feeling they were actually super sci-fi. <laughs> so even though the ancients were like, we think they were primitive, I'm I'm convinced they were actually more advanced than we were. That's what I think. So the first one, Little Aliens. So this is with the artist Jim Burns. And what he's done is, he's got this lady, like a lady astronaut, looking at an, a little a little alien. And, well, when you look at it, you do feel, there is like a story going on, an unwritten, it's almost like you feel the connection between them. And the thing was, he actually said that in the article. He said about how he created that connection. This was one of the ones where he had a photograph of he had a photograph of his daughter that he had taken years ago, and when he was putting this piece together, he thought, "Oh, that's like the per- that's a- she's got the perfect look in her face." So he actually got the inspiration from a photo he took years ago, which had nothing to do with it, and it's created a very a very emotional piece for me. So this is by the artist Jim Burns, and he's actually worked on get this. He's actually worked on Blade Runner. How amazing is that? That's brilliant. It's like one of that's a that's also one of my favourite films. That is that Blade Runner. But the little notes that I took from this this piece here was, yeah, li- little tips and stuff. He said he made the female characters' eyes bigger and lighter because what that does is it draws you it draws you as the viewer into the eyes. Yeah. It draws you into the eyes, which I think is quite cool. What else has he put here? I've put... He placed an alien in her gaze. So what happens is you look at her eyes, but then because her eyes are looking at the alien, it's almost like he's controlling where you're going. So you're he's controlled you to look at her eyes first, and then because she's looking at an alien, you then look at the alien to see what she's looking at. And then you think, well, what's going on here with these two? So he's he's created like a little, well, he says here that creates a connection. It creates the connection between these two. Because you're not quite sure whether, is she afraid of this alien? Or is she sort of in awe of it with excitement? And also, is the alien scared? So, and you've, you've even got the little alien's hands coming out as if he's sort of reaching for her. So there's a, there's a very nice little story going on here. Yeah, brilliant. I've put it here. I've put it here. A secret narrative. Oh, this is this was a little quote from his his little article. He said, "Secret narrative to evoke curiosity in the viewer." And then I thought to myself, "Well, this is less is more." I said, "What you don't say or show is just as important as what you do show." So I thought that was cool. So it's like he's thinking, he's thinking about what we're going through. But he's he's not forcing it on you, it, so he's leaving it up to us to decide, which I think that's what makes it brilliant, because you don't really know what is going on. So I like that. But the colours here are very sort of golden, which I think makes it feel nice and warm. So for me, that this is a friendly one. I feel like this is a friendly piece, like friendly friends or something. Oh, this was interesting as well. He said here. He said, the sketch stage barely exists for me. He says about how it can be a mixed blessing. But I thought that's amazing because every single thing I've ever like studied from, they've always emphasised the importance of sketching. 
but he said he just went straight into it. What he did was, well, he's got his little process. He's mixing traditional and digital. So what he does was he, he took his photo of his daughter, put it into Photoshop. He then played around with it, like using the transform tool and stuff, so that he got it. He got it looking the way he wanted it. He then printed it out onto a large canvas and he painted over the top of it in acrylics. So what I thought, and then what he does is when he's gone into the acrylics phase, he's just basically making it up. So he's just, he's letting the paint do it for him. And then it, it made me feel like there's a, he used digital for the structure. Yeah. And then he used the, the paint, which is a lot more random, I suppose. He used that to, to play. So he had this mix of structure and like playing, which is cool. The next letter is the letter B, and it's the bridge from Star Trek. This was an interesting one as well. So this one is from the artist Andrew Probert. Now, this is amazing. He's worked on, not only has he worked on Star Trek Next Generation, he's worked on my fav- one of my favourite TV shows, Battlestar Galactica. So this guy is, he's like proper, this guy is. And this one here, this is a, it's a little... It's a little drawing, or like a little painting thing, of a design for for the bridge. But this was a... Well, we're going to find out now just how different each of these little pieces of the article is. Because this one was... It was he, create, he talks about how he created his vision for the Star Trek bridge. But he's talking more about the design process. And he was talking about how he had to make sure it was functionable. What was it? Yeah, believable. So I like that because it made me think. He he can he can take liberties with the design and go crazy with it. But he's got to make sure it's always functionable. And it, yeah, that somebody else talks about this later in the article. They say like the hot the, the what are they called the diehard fans who are are watching these shows like Star Trek. They're gonna know if something isn't isn't believable so the casual viewer like me i probably wouldn't mind if it was all made up or something but uh, you've got to be aware of the diehard fans because they're going to like what it is is each part of the bridge has a certain function so they know what that would be so i like that because it's it means he's sort of limited by what he can do but he was talking about how he can still play around with it he said he sketched numerous like layouts yeah each conforming to the show creators descriptions so this was a completely different sort of process to the first one the first one jim burns he was just he was just having fun really like going for it andrew prober he was having fun as well but he was also a bit more sort of limited i suppose which i thought was cool the next one let us see is the cyborgs so what we've got here is we've got this cyborg. It's like a, a bloke. Well, this one sort of reminds me of something. But I don't know what it is. It's a bit weird. Yeah, it does. It reminds me of something. But the colours here are very like dark and dingy. But it's interesting. Because they talk about how... Well, the, the artist here is Riona Nelson. And she's worked with Wizards of the Coasts and Games Workshop. When I was little, I used to play with those games workshops. 
I used to like those. I used to get them and paint them. The little Warhammer figures. I never actually played the game. I just enjoyed painting them. I, I used to enjoy that. But it says here, she what she's doing in this little piece of the article is she's talking about painting a cyborg. And she says about the juxtaposition with a cyborg, it's about the juxtaposition of flesh and metal. Yeah, so she talks about how you can create more of a fleshy texture and how you can create more of a metallic-y thing. So this one was really quite interesting to, for me. She says here, yeah, yeah, little things like she uses warm colours for the skin, for the flesh. And then she she's thinking about the colours around the metal to bring it. She, so she, what she does is she's bringing in the colours from around the character into the metal to show that it's reflective. I thought that was quite nice. And it says, yeah, she keeps the light sources in mind. Yeah, so again, she's she's thinking of everything. This is something that I've noticed in a lot of the articles. They're sort of, people are making things up, but they're, they're always making sure that they're following rules. It's quite interesting, that, to me. She says, even, like, even the shadows in the flesh are going to have a warmer tone to them than the shadows in the metallic thing. Also, little things she can do to make it look a bit more metallic is have harder edges on the metal bits. Oh, I like this bit. Little details. Yeah, like moles and and subtle imperfections. So she puts like little moles on the... <laughs> little mole. Little moly. Put little moles on the flesh. And little sort of dings and yeah imperfections on the metal. Because again, it's, it creates this sort of story... Why? Why has this little character got a, a ding on his on his leg or something? So all of a sudden, you're thinking he's obviously been through something here. Stuff like that. And I've put little things matter. Yeah. What was this one here? Oh, I've, the, my main thing from this article was it's a very detailed therapy <laughs> therapy theory based sort of thing. So yeah, if you wanted to find out about creating cyborgs or something, I thought it was quite. Well, that was quite a good one, that. The next one we got is the dropship. Oh, this was interesting for me. Because normally, I would not have... I would not really be interested in... Well, a lot of the times when I'm going through these click look videos for the books, the art books, very often I say I'm not really interested in spaceships and stuff. I've got such a... Much more of an appreciation for spaceships now. I've got more of appreciation for the the design process of spaceships. But also, I sort of, I'm falling a lot more in love with spaceships. It's quite nice, that. So this one is a it's a drop... It's the letter D is Dropship by the artist Yigit... Yigit... Kogoogle... <laughs> it's Y-I-G-I-T and then it's K-O-R-O-G-L-U. And this guy has worked on video games. Yeah, he's worked on video games, which is quite nice. So this one here, what's it say? Oh, yeah. Again, this is another one he says about using reference to keep it realistic and believable. This was brilliant, this. This was this was brilliant. There's something here I want to talk about already. Just looking ahead, but what else I've put here? I put, this one had technical Photoshop tips. Yeah about how to make surfaces look look worn. 
Yeah, there's a bit talking about like how you can go into the layers and stuff to make stuff look worn and rusty and whatnot. It says here, yeah, it needs to look amazing but feel flyable. So again, this is this is what got me. When you're creating a spaceship, you can you got to go quick because this one here it's got about well it's got like about five wings to it, so it looks absolutely crazy, but it does look like it would fly. So again, I like that the way it's sort of again he's sort of limited because he's got to be flyable, but he, he can also make fun have fun with it. This is the one where it said die-hard fans will search for existing technologies. Yeah, basically you need to do your research first, he said, which I thought was quite nice. And it says here, yeah, mix in nature. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, so you can get designs for spaceships from nature, like little insects and stuff. Where was it? Oh, I want to read that bit. because I thought that was really nice, that. Is it, where is it? Yeah, it says here, don't hesitate to use references. If they if they don't suffice, don't worry. Mother Nature has the answers in birds and insects. I thought, I loved that. So that went, that sort of thought made me think, well, I thought sci-fi was all about nothing to do with, like, nature and stuff. Because that's why I love fantasy, it's all nature-based. But even in the sci-fi, you can you can help get out with nature and stuff, which I thought was nice. It says, "Ah, oh, this is brilliant. Look at this. Look. It says every single screw has a purpose." And it, it that reminded me of when I was studying gesture drawings. One of the, one of these artists was talking. and He said, "He said every what's it? Only place a line down if you need it. So when you're doing a gesture drawing, you don't want to be like scratching away." Well, sometimes you do, but basically you're saying what you want. To, if you're doing a quick sketch, so you've only got like ten seconds, you want to make sure that line you put down is is the line. So don't put a line down till you know it's the line. It's that's all reminding me of this. Every single screw has a purpose. I thought it was amazing. It just shows the, the level of detail they're going into here. And I said, yeah, need to see it flying to know how it works and this made me think of it as like a story he, he sort of this artist here he's sort of thinking about it flying yeah so he's not only thinking about the design of it he's got to think about it flying so he's got to imagine it flying and it says here it needs to be arm oh this was cool as well yeah so he, he's thinking about the story as well because he, he thought to himself what is the purpose of this spaceship and this spaceship, what is it here? It says it needs to be armoured as it's going to be carrying soldiers into battle. So again, that's going to be playing into his imagination. And it made me think about something else. These articles, they say about, a lot of them say start with writing. Before you do any drawing, this is always with characters. Always write down the story of the character before you actually start drawing. Well, the same thing's going on here with these spaceships. You've got to think about the story of the spaceship. This is brilliant. So that, that will start like changing your designs and stuff. I thought, I loved that. I loved that. I loved how... That's what really gave me a sense of appreciation for designing spaceships. 
it's not as simple as just creating a, des a design. You've got to think about think about its story as well. This next one is E. It's Escape Pods with the artist Jesper Anderson. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Now this is brilliant. This guy here has worked. He worked with Crytek on Crisis 2. That's a video game that is. So this again, we've got another big name artist here. This little article was completely different to the other ones so far because it was done in a interview style. So they asked a question like, how did the pod come about? And then he, he answers it. What are the characteristics of the classic escape pod? And then it says here at the end, who's in your pod and where is it going? So again, he's got to think about the story of the pod. That's brilliant, that. So again, I like how this article is completely different. Each part of it is different. Oh, this one here as well. He uses a 3D model. So this again, we've got a different technique here. Some of them are using traditional paints. Some of them are using digital. But this guy's he's using 3D models. It also says here about functionality and realism are crucial. So again, this is something that get it kept coming up in all of the letters. Is having this balance between keeping it real. Yeah, making sure it's all, it's all actually it can actually work. Oh, I like this as well. He's asking questions. So as he's putting the design together, he's asking himself, how does it land? How fast will it go? Who's inside of it? So that's going to actually, in other words, if he created a design that looked amazing, but then when he puts it into the film or the video game or whatever, it's got to be going supersonic speed, and, it, and he hasn't thought about that, it's, going to look, it's not going to fit in properly. So he's got to create a design that fits into the world, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, it also says here, ask first. So, so again, no drawing till you know. And I thought this this is another one where it's saying start with start with writing. So brilliant. This next one, letter F, is flying saucers. This one had a little bit of humour in it. So the other ones have been very serious. This one's a little bit funny. This one. There's a couple of little funny ones in here. Again, this is what I like about the article. It's a mix of this is what it is. Each different artist, it the artist is bringing a bit of their personality into the art. So it's cool, because if, if all the letters were done by the same artist, it wouldn't have been as exciting, I don't think, this article. It is the fact that we've got different people doing the art and explaining things. It, that's what makes this one so much fun for me. So this one is Flying Saucers, and it's done by the artist Bill Corbett, who is a freelance artist. Oh, this was brilliant. So he's, he's thinking about the background. So again, before he even started drawing, he's, he's asking himself, where do flying saucers normally show up? And they normally they normally show up in like rural areas. So before he even did any drawing or painting, he already knows he's going to have like a rural setting. And again, that's him keeping it real. So that's him keeping it real without actually saying I'm keeping it real. He's also, he, oh, this was like a little tip. What he's got in, in the painting, he's got like a little sign. So you got, what you've got is you've got a cow being, what's it called? T like, um, 
where you've got a flying saucer beaming up a cow. Oh, there's two things here which are amazing. The, so this first bit, he's, what he's done is he's put a sign in at the front and it's got it's like a road sign with a flying saucer and cows and it says danger. <laughs> so there's a little bit of humour saying, like it's warning the cows, be, be careful around here because there's flying saucers. But he talks about what he did was he created that sign as like a little as a little image in Photoshop, but then because the sign is at an angle, what he then did was he he actually he actually skewed his little drawing to make it look like it was at an angle. So instead of trying to draw the the cow, he, what he did was he drew a little cow in a spaceship on the sign. Instead of trying to draw that at an angle, he basically he drew it straight on, which is a lot easier. And then he let the computer sort out the angle. So that's like a little tip that I thought was quite quite cool. Something else which is amazing. This is like the subtle things in this art in this in this article. Little things like this. What he's done was the cow that is being beamed up. There's the cow's head is going up front, and then his bum's like pulling. So what it does is, without even well, when you're looking at it, you can feel the weight of that cow. You can feel the struggle of the spaceship beaming up that cow just by doing that. Because if the cow was straight, so what, what, that, what that does to me is it's sort of like creating a... For me, that almost adds a little bit of humour as well. Cause it's almost saying like the spaceship's struggling to beam up the cow. So it's almost like there's a million things being said in that one little design decision to have the cow at that angle. It's quite amazing that. How powerful it is just to just to do that. I thought it's cool. What, what else put here? It says medium, painterly. Oh yeah, this was quite interesting as well. So he was using a software package called ArtRage, and he says ArtRage, it's the way the textures work and stuff is very painterly, so it looks sort of like traditional sort of thing. So what he did, what he what he what he did was he said that the software he was using actually influenced his vision so it gives the piece a retro feeling so because it because of the the medium because of the software it played into his design which again it's amazing what is what is going on here yeah you, you're thinking about so many things when you're putting stuff together it's, it's I, I love this Oh, what's this here? So I'll put you about the cow at the awkward angle. It gives the impression of a powerful abduction ray. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then he says about, he, well, that little sign that he put in, which was for humour, it also served a purpose of filling in the gap. Because if that sign wasn't there, all of a sudden that piece is not going to be as interesting. So he put it in there at the end because it needed something. But it also it allowed him an opportunity to add a bit of humour as well, which was nice. I thought next one is the letter G, gigantic spaceships, and this is by the artist Fred Gambino, who's worked on a load of books and films. And this guy's got this week's inspirational quote. A lovely quote. This is this article. It's not this piece here. The letter G. It's gigantic spaceship. It's not only a gigantic spaceship. It's a gigantic piece of the article because it takes up two pages. This is amazing, this. So this one here, 
what have I put here? Oh, this is advice on painting large scale scenes. He says about keeping it simple. Yeah, this is brilliant. A suggestion of destruction. And you can the way you can go about having a, a the suggestion of destruction is atmospheric perspective in the background. So you're letting the viewer fill in the gaps. What else is it here? Big is beautiful. Yeah, he makes the spaceship look like a city. Oh, this piece here, there's so much to talk about. What else is he put here? Crowd control. It says about, yeah, this this is the bit where he only used, what he did was, there's a piece on this, on this painting where there's a load of people. What it is, is you've got a big giant spaceship beaming up tons of little people on like a destroyed planet. But all these little people, there's probably a couple hundred of them, I suppose. He only actually created a couple. And what he did was he, he created a couple in this software called Pose, I think it was. And then what he done was, once he's done that, he, all he did was he, he twisted them. So he's like, he's moved them in. So some of them are looking to the left, some to looking to the right. And he's just, he's played around with that. When he's put them all together, it looks like a load of different figures. But really, it's just one or two, which is cool. It's like a little time-saving tip, that. But it also shows how it's not really that important, the detail of these characters. They're only there, really, just to sort of create the illusion of these, of what's going on. The most detail is in the spaceship. And what he did was, the way he made it sort of appear a bit more of a friendly spaceship, was he, because it's a map, well... This is also, it creates the, this is how it creates the illusion of it being a massive spaceship. There's two things. One, the little people, it gives a sense of the scale next to the spaceship, but also he made the spaceship look like a city. So when you as the viewer looking, you're looking at it thinking, ah, oh, that's a, that's a, like a, it's like a flying city. So then for me, that makes it feel a bit more friendly, but also... It gives a, it gives a sense of scale as well, which I thought was quite nice. That what was this? What have I put here? 3D. Ah, oh, he also used a 3D model, and he, he he did that because it allowed for experimentation with the lighting, the perspective, and the angle. So again, he didn't just rush into the painting. What he sort of he used this 3D model so he could play around with it, almost like practicing things before he actually did the finished. The finished piece. What have I put here as well? Oh yeah, this is another one where he used photos. What he did was he, he used photos for the background. For the it's like in the background, it's all destruction. He used photos from a building site where he used to he used to work. He, how cool is that? He went onto a building site. He took photos on the building site like years ago. And then he 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 basically used those for the background. I thought that was quite nice, that. But this one's really cool, this art, this piece of the article. Very fun, that one. The next one, we're into the letter H, which is holograms. Little holograms. Actually, I've been, what have I been watching? Oh, it was David Icke. I was watching some presentations with David Icke. And he was talking about holograms. Have you looked into holograms lately? Because it's amazing, the level of... Realism, I suppose, are these holograms. They've got they've got to a point now where they've created these holograms which well if you if you didn't know, 
you would think it was really there. So he said, what is it? Some car company had a hologram of this car, of car they've designed. People actually were scared to walk through it. Well, they were scared. They thought it was real. So that's amazing. So it just shows you how advanced these holograms have got. But this one is by the artist Frank Hong, who is a video game artist. And this one, this little piece here, is all about how to create effective glowing holograms. Again, this is one that I think, well, I feel like there's a load of information here for the future. Like if you ever wanted to create a hologram, there's little tips in here. But he's talking about keeping it semi-transparent and having a soft glow around the hologram. Again, he says it's got to look cool, but it needs to be functionable. So again, it's that it's that mix between imagination and realism. And this is a, a fantastic little tip, I thought. What he did was, he this is like a little time-saving tip, I suppose. He's, what, what, the hologram, one of the holograms here is like a... It almost looks like a little, like a circle coming off, off the desk. It looks like a little keyboard thing, but it's like a circle coming off a desk. What he did was he, he created the circle, he then duplicated the circle, and he applied a blur effect. Yeah, he applied a blur effect, effect to it. And then what he's done is, it, that, it sort of creates this double effect. And that's what helps it make it look like a hologram. You've really got to read that bit, I think. To it's cool though. It's a it's that's a really good little article. That L- little tips in there, nice little tips, I think. But I think holograms are cool. It's amazing. The next one is letter I. It's immortal by the the artist Nick Harris, who is a children's book illustrator, and he's he's this one's very sort of humoury. So whereas the other ones have been very. The other art pieces have been very, I would say, realistic. This one is a lot more cartoony. So it's all about immortal and it says, well, I've put here, the thing I've put first is humour. This one's got a bit of funniness to it. What is it here? Very technical, this bit. He's talking about transparent and opaque layers and how he he uses all those sort of things. And it says he he went down the humour route as could have gone either morbid or humour. So when you're talking about immortal, yeah, the first thing he thought was, what is immortal? And it, the first thing he came up with it was, it, it's either going to be funny or it's going to be morbid. And he wanted to go funny, probably because he's a ch- children's book illustrator. He, and even what it is, is in this article, we've got little little photos of their faces as well. He even looks like a crazy character as well. So I think he was always going to pick something funny. He just seems like that sort of guy. But what he's done was, in this painting, you've got like a head in a jar, a brain, a brain in a jar. Like the classic brain in a jar thing. So he decided to go down the fun route. And what's this here? Oh, yeah, this one here, it's, it's like a story going on. When you look at it, there's a lot going on here. This little little painting. You've got like a lady who is actually the, what do you call it? She's got like some sort of head in her in her as well. But there's heads everywhere. Little brains in jars everywhere. That was a that was a very weird one that. It felt very different to the rest of the article, that, that piece of it. The next one is letter J and it's junkyard. This was brilliant. 
this was maybe my favourite piece because what it did was they had two different artists create a junkyard scene. So you've got two for the price of one here. You've got two different piece, two different paintings of a junkyard, and it's amazing how different they are. And it's because that just shows you the difference that artists bring. So we've got the artists Joey Joel Carlo, who is a freelance illustrator, and then we've got Serge Soliman, who his, he works on MMOs. So he's an MMO artist. Yeah, lead lead environment artist at Obsidian. I think they did one of the fallouts as well. So we've got another big name artist here. But this one here, well, for me, this is my... Is it my favourite? I think it is. I think this might be my favourite piece of the article, just because of the way they set it up. Because not only are you getting two different sort of representations of the word junkyard, you're also getting the backstory of each piece. So you, what, what I put here is, I, put, I thought this was a cool idea, because you're getting two different perspectives on a junkyard scene. And I've put one is light and bright, one is dark and dangerous. So the one that's light and bright, it's, it, for me, it's a lot sort of more futuristic. And what one of the things he did was, he's got like a crane. You've got this big crane, but it's got tentacles coming off of it. So you've got this sense of like organic mixed in with the, with the metal and stuff. And then what he, I love this bit. So this one here, he, he decided to place the camera at like a worm's eye view. And the reason he did that was it, it creates the size, it shows the size of the junkyard by having the camera at that angle. But also for us as the viewer, it makes it feel a bit more overwhelming. So he's got like a, he's managed to ping it, he's managed to pull a feeling into the piece. of This feeling of like, yeah, sort of like, a, it's, for, for me it's like a bit aggressive I suppose. Yeah, a bit threatening and frightening. The other one is threatening and frightening but for completely different reasons. This one is much more of a straight on angle but it's it's got so much fog and atmosphere in it and like misty murky colors so that's what creates the sort of the tension on that one which is brilliant yeah and this one is a lot more so the other one is a lot more suggestive because you've got the fog you've got things out of focus you've got like it's all dark that one and there's like for me there's like silhouettes of creatures and stuff in the background whereas the other the, the other one is a bit lighter Everything is a lot more detailed, so you can sort of see what's going on. The other one, you've got to sort of make your mind up. Yeah, there's there's little bits of detail at the front, but then everything else is very... It's brilliant, that. Oh, this was cool as well. He let it evolve, he said. He had no plan. He just went into it. He just went for it, basically, which I thought was brilliant. But because that one's got all the suggestive thing, it means the, the viewer has to create their own story. So the first one, the camera being at that angle, he sort of he's basically said to us, "Look, this one is going to this one is aggressive, and depressive and overpowering. This other one, we decide what's going on." So that's quite cool. That it it shows you how powerful the camera is as well. The placement of the camera. I thought it was quite nice. That this next one here, 
K is the known universe. This one is brilliant as well. So this one is by the artist Alex Pro Alex Popescu and he's worked in film and television. This one here, what we've got is we've got like a, a some sort of well something hitting a planet and it's about to explode. Massive it is. Big like explosion. So well this is brilliant this one. It says here, it, this is all about playing with a sense of scale. So the first thing that he's done is, you've got the impact at the front of the, is in the foreground. But then what you've got is, behind that, in the background, you've got the expanse of space. So you've got you've got this thing going on here where you've got, in the front, you've got the, the massive planet. But then, in the background, you've got space. So what that does is, you, in the background, you've got all these planets. What that does is it makes the, the planet in the front, which has been hit, it, it, it makes it even bigger. And then something else he's done to make that even appear more bigger is he's put tiny little circles inside, like silhouettes of planets, basically. Tiny little ones inside of the explosion and bits of debris and stuff. The little bits of debris on the thing. So what that does is that, that creates this illusion i suppose of the size of the planet that's been hit i thought that was brilliant for me that was one of the this was one of the most interesting articles bits of the article to read i thought what have i put here again mix of familiarity film what's it called familiarity familiarity a mix of familiarity and imaginative it says it allows the viewer to connect yeah, because you can imagine that happening to Earth or something. Yeah, it, it feels like it is actually possible. Again, known universe. It feels like this is is in our universe. So you, you sort of think, oh, imagine if that happened to us and stuff. So all of, all of a sudden you're creating a sort of a story there. What he's also done is the impact is the brightest part of the painting. So again, you look at the painting... You're going to look straight at that to start with, the impact bit. And you're thinking, God, look at that. And then you look in the background and you start start seeing all the planets and the beautifulness in the background as well. It's called that. What does it say here? Balance. He balances the, the force of the impact with the emptiness of space. How brilliant is that? Yeah, so again, you've got the, the massive energy and stuff going on with the, the impact. And then you get the sense of like the... The calmness, I suppose, in the space behind. So this this one here, this painting here for me, is the one that's got the most sort of balance things going on. You've got little with big. You've got aggressive with, like, well, silence, I suppose. Yeah. I, th I think it's brilliant, this one. And then you've got big with, like, little. I like that. You've also got bright... With the darkness of space. So there's a lots of. Yeah. I suppose juxtapositions again. The back. Oh, yeah. The background is as important as the foreground. Because if that background was just black. Which would have been. Quite easy to do I suppose. All of a sudden that is. That's going to lose a, a lot of its. Power that painting. Because it's, it's the stuff in the background. That is working with the foreground. This is cool. And also you start thinking, well, 
what is the foreground? Because there's little tiny planets in front of the big planet. So it's almost like the big planet isn't really the foreground. It's these little planets and the debris and stuff. And this is also where I started thinking to myself, that big planet is only a big planet because of these little planets. Because if you took these little planets away and made the background all black, how would you know if that big planet was big or not? So it's only big because of the things around it. Which is quite quite interesting, that. Yeah, I'll put it here. The little moons around the planet creates a sense of scale. And this reminded me of another article where they had little... There was an article where they had a dragon or something. With No, it was, it was a character, some sort of monsters or something. And they had little humans next to these monsters. And what it did was, by having the little human there... The human was only in the painting to emphasise the size of the monster. So yeah, so, so sometimes the way you make something bigger is making something next to it smaller. <laughs> it's quite funny that. What have I put here? I said, so you can, you can sense the scale with... I don't even know what I've put there. Oh yeah, I was thinking. All of a sudden you realise it's... you you. You get a sense of scale. Not even it's not just humans. Yeah, because I always thought to myself, it would just be a human thing. So in other words, if you had a a race car or something or a spaceship, you put a little human there, it makes the spaceship bigger. But it doesn't have to just be little humans. It can be other things as well, like little planets or a little tree or something. So it just made me think it's not just little humans that can make that can create a sense of scale. That's quite interesting to know, I think, for the future. The next one we've got is letter L, which is for laser guns. So this one here was, again, a completely different sort of feeling to this piece of the article, because it's with the artist Greg Broadman, and he's worked on things like The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, what's the King Kong, and District 9. I love that film, District 9. But this piece of the article is like a history of laser and ray guns. Which is quite funny. So he basically has got a passion for it. So I thought that was cool. He He's basically got a passion for laser guns and stuff. So he's drawing what he loves. Which I've always said is the most important thing. If you love what you're drawing, you're going to be happy forever, I think. So it says here, he talks about types of guns in films, video games and stuff like that. So when I first when I first read the bit, because at the top it says laser guns, it says Wheaterman Greg Boardman explains the history of laser gun and ray guns. I thought oh boring, because I haven't really got a passion for laser guns and stuff. But what happened here was, I think his passion for it was so exciting, it actually made me excited for laser guns, <laughs> which I thought was quite cool. But also it made me realise like little things. What has he said here? He said, he, he's talking about like a Flash Gordon. He's talking about the history of how guns have evolved through different sci-fi films and stuff. And he said, but the thing he said here was, old always becomes, ne-. well, he didn't say that. What he said was, he said, he said about how it, it goes full circle. Because what's happening is, they started out with ray guns. They then went to like grenades and bombs and stuff. But he's saying what's happening now is, they're going back to ray ray guns. 
it's gone full circle and it made me think the old always becomes new it's something marshall vandruff said on one of the one of the podcast draftsman episodes one of the podcasts he said about like you're studying these old artists like history artists classical artists what what will happen is those classical artists it will always end up coming back so the 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 art that we'll be painting in the future, it will be a lot closer to the the artists in, from the past. It's quite weird, that. So, again, it goes into that thing Austin Cleon said in his books. Nothing, There's nothing new. Everything is just a recycling of everything. So that's why I like that. It's, it's quite interesting, that one. And then the final one for this week is the letter M, and it's for the Mech Army. Again, this is cool. This one here, the first thing I noticed was they got little humans in the scene to emphasise the scale of the, the mech. But this one is with the artist Adrian... What's he called? Adrian Mag- Rus- Ruska. He, I don't know I don't know how to say people's names, but this guy is amazing. He's worked on EVE Online, which is one of like the... Well, I don't know if it's still going, but when I was playing video games 10 years ago, which is when this magazine came out... Eve Online was like massive. So that guy's been working with that. So this one here, he, he names the mech Walking Tanks. How cool is that? I never thought of them like that before. I always thought of them just as like, well, I don't know what I thought of them. But to think of them as like walking tanks, that just sort of makes me feel like they're really aggressive and powerful, I suppose. Which is, which is I, I love that. Again, this is what I love about this article is it's making me love things that I always liked but I never loved. But I I am starting to love like sci-fi stuff a lot more than I ever realised I did. But I think I did love it. I just didn't realise I loved it. I think that's what's going on there. But I said here, yeah, this is cool as well. Only one of the mechs is detailed. All the other mechs. So what you got is you got a, a giant mech on a bounce, like on a battleground that in the middle of a massive fight loads of stuff going on loads of mechs especially in the background and stuff but only one of them is actually the detailed all the other ones are out of focus and stuff so again you're you're pulled towards that main the main mech yeah the rest is subjective what it says lots going on but yeah the thing about this one, there's so much going on in this painting, but yeah, it's really focused. This is amazing. That must be very hard to do, I'd imagine. Because for me, I know I would want to do details on all the other things. I, I know I would. I can tell. I would start wanting to make everything look as detailed as the first thing. And then it would be rubbish because you wouldn't know where to look and stuff. So again, I've, it's, it's things I'm learning is, is, is less is more. It goes back to that thing I said about you've got to know what not to draw just as much as what to actually draw. What have I put here? Importance of strong silhouettes. Yeah, so before he even got started with the design, he created, like, silhouettes. And this is something I keep reading in these articles is when creating characters, it's all about the silhouettes and also how these silhouettes mix with the other silhouettes of your other characters and well what I like about silhouettes is it's very easy to 
do a silhouette, whereas to do a character is a lot harder. So if you if you do the character before you've sorted out the silhouette, you're gonna you might wait waste a load of time. With a silhouette, it's very easy to realise it's not gonna work and do another one. So I thought that was quite cool. What have I put here? Again, realistic atmosphere, it creates a connection. Yeah, because you can sort of imagine that being real, this scene. You sort of imagine ah oh, it's believable, even though it's futuristic. Lots of people running around creates a sense of scale. It creates a story because you think, oh, what's going on here? And then you can also imagine being there. This one here also reminded me of a video game. There was a video game called Steel Battalion, which was nuts. It had like these controllers and everything, foot pedals. It was What happened was you, you bought this game. I never actually had it. I always wanted it, but I never got it. But it was actually a mech game. But you had like a proper... It was like you were sat in a in the side of a mech. I wonder if how much that is now. I bet that's expensive, that controller. It's, it's, I bet that was fun though. What else have I put here? I've put small and loose equals not. Not bother, what's this? I don't know, something about the details. What else have I put here? Make your life easier, keep it simple. Yeah, this goes into making things in the background, thingamajig. Also, what he did was he used silhouettes. Again, he did that thing of one of the other artists did with the little people. What he did was he created a bunch of silhouettes and he just reused them for the background. So he didn't have to waste time designing loads of things. He could focus on the main the main mech. He said he uses the magic tool to place his designs in the background. So again, he creates like a little design, a basic one. He then uses the magic tool to put them into the background, but he also started shifting them. So he's doing it little little tips with the with the digital thing. Put here the dust equals a sense of depth and atmosphere. Little things again. It, so you've got like little. Well, what you got is you got explosions and stuff like that. But these little people are running about with loads of dust being thrown up, which creates a sense of the atmosphere. But also what it does is it creates the depth as well because you've got things in front of other things. And then he's talking about the importance of layers. What's it? Missiles and clouds help lead... He, he talked about the importance of layers and then he also talked about the missiles and clouds help lead the viewer's eyes. So what happens is in the background you've got these clouds and you've also got missiles like in the background being being fired in both directions. So again, nothing is there just for the sake of being there. It goes into what they said at the start, one of the other bits of the article. Everything in this painting he's thought about. It's not there just for the sake of being there. Which is quite quite amazing. That's basically the A to M. I told you this was a beast of an article. It is massive. And then next week we're going to be looking at the rest of them, which is going to be letters N to Z. Boing! Little Dennis has said it's time to finish this one. We'll have to finish the rest of it next week. It's because it's such a big, big article. It's such a beast, this one. I haven't actually even finished the rest of the letters yet. So it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to study from the rest of that, I think. But I hope you enjoyed that. And like I said, next week we'll do letters N to Z. All we've got left to do is this week's inspirational quote. 
and we've got to name the little moly. So we, we had a little competition to name the mole, one of these little puppets, little, the little molester. And whoever wins, whoever name I pick, they're going to win this book, which is How to Keep a Sketch Journal by 3D Total Publishing. It's one of my favourite books, that. It's a really cool little book. So let's get into this then. So we've got lots of little names here. And it's, this is very hard for me, actually. I'm still undecided. I think I know what I'm going to pick. But some of these names are brilliant. So what I thought I'd do is I'd, na- I'd say all the names. And then I'd go with the... I'll pick the winner. So the first one... These ones are from YouTube, from the comments. The first one... Well, here's a little moly. Let's get a little moly up. So we can see... Let, it, let him decide as well. Or she she decide. <laughs> the little molester... He's cool, he is. Or she is. The first one from YouTube was from Kaylin. And they said, Mortimer the Mole. Little Mortimer. <laughs> Morty for short. And what I liked about this one was, you could name him Naughty Morty. Because I think he looks a little bit naughty. Look, this little molly. So that's the first one. Then we had Hermes Job, who said, Manny the Mole. <laughs> Manny, like Manny. Manny the, Manny the Miner or something. That that one reminds me of a video game, that. Manny the Mole. And then also, M- Mole on ya. Little Mole on ya, which I thought was fantastic. Mole on ya. Like, get on ya. <laughs> little, yeah, Little Mole on ya. So th- those are the two for that one. Then we had Johnny with Ziggy the Mole, which I thought was cool, but actually wanted the mole to have a, a, a name beginning with M. So that one, I could keep that for later, because I do like the name Ziggy. We had Cooking Divas. I love that name, Cooking Divas. So little Cooking Divas said Moscow or Morocco. Little Moscow. Yeah, I think this little mouldy does look like a Moscow, actually. So we could have had little Moscow. We've got Tom with Moldermort, which which reminds me a bit like the Terminator, Moldenator. <laughs> Like a moldinator or something. So Moldemort. Those were from YouTube. And then from the little newsletter, which is a little newsletter I do each month on the website, we had Naomi. I love this one. Mobius Mollington III. <laughs> Mobius. That's quite sort of epic sounding. Little Mobius. I'd imagine he'd have to have a little shield and stuff with that one. A little sword and shield or something. We had Sasha with Jewel, little Jewel the Mole. And then when I said oh, I, I want it to begin with M, they said Marishite, which is, I like the story behind this one. They were picking like jewels or minerals from it under the ground because they, they said about how moleys are under the ground. Oh, my camera's going all blurry again. I thought I'd stop doing that. But. So, like, marishite is a thing you can find under the ground, like a little mole, which I thought was cool. And the last one here, from the little newsletter, is Margaret. Love this one. Maxine. <laughs> little Maxine the Mole. I thought that would have been brilliant, because I, I think it's quite a sexy little name, little Maxine. But I thought to myself, Margaret. <laughs> I'd love to call this mole Margaret. I thought that would be brilliant, Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> little Margaret the Mole. I thought that'd be quite cool. 
So my favouritest one, the one that we're going to go with, drum rolls, <laughs> little drum roll. This little moly is going to be called, dun 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 dun, Morty the Mole. Yeah, little Morty, Mortimer the Mole. Little Morty, little Naughty Morty. I can't wait for this, because Naughty Morty, he's got like a little backstory now. So if I know he's going to be naughty, yeah, he's going to have, he's going to have, he's going to be like naughty and stuff when he's on the videos. <laughs> so I think that's quite cool. So little Kaylin, well done or something, because you want a little book, how to keep a sketch journal. I'll send you a little message and sort out how to get it to you. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that though, and thank you so much for naming the little Molly, little Morty. I love that. I think Little Morty is quite cool. So I think Little Morty is going to finish this this week's episode. And all we've got left is this week's inspirational quote. I love this one. It's from one of the artists in the article. It's the artist Fred Gambino. And this week's inspirational quote is, Even when painting a large-scale set piece, you have to retain some some sense of reality. Which I think is brilliant. Because what it's saying is, it's mixing your imagination with reality. It's like, um, well, for me, it's a bit like how you've got, you've got science and spiritual. It's, it's almost like two opposites coming together. Yeah, because you sort of think, if I'm going imagination, you, you would think, well, I disregard reality. And you think, if I'm going real, I'll disregard imagination. But this is saying, bring them together. So make sure you've always got a, a mix of, yeah, reality. Even though you're going into your imagination and stuff. I thought it was brilliant. So this week's little inspirational quote. Even when a painting, even when painting a large-scale sci-fi piece, you have to re- retain some sense of reality. <laughs> Fred Gambino. Fred Gambino, Fred Gambino. <laughs> I thought it was quite cool. I liked that one.